0: Hi there and welcome. I'm Kat McGoran, podcast producer at Arts House. Have you ever felt the urge to take something apart to see how it works, but you've held back because you think you shouldn't do it? Or have you ever thought about what our clothing choices say about us? What happens when you wear something that's a bit different? Adele Varco is creating Wowsy, and Kate McIntosh is creating Worktable as part of the Festival of Live Art. Adele and Kate caught up ahead of the festival to chat about how they deconstruct these
1: social norms through their work. Hi, I'm Kate McIntosh. Um, I'm here to show one of my pieces called Work Table during the festival. Work Table is uh, is a live installation and uh, visitors go in one person at a time. And inside, you're asked uh, to work. And particularly, uh, you get to choose a beautiful object which you're going to take apart. Hello,
0: I'm Adele Varco and I'm working on an installation called Wowsy and that's onesies with the wow factor. So I'm inviting you to come and make a Wowsy or negotiate with a maker who will hopefully make a Wowsy for you. How, How did the idea come about for you in the first place?
1: Well, there were two things really. Um... One was that I was in New Zealand in 2011, I'm from New Zealand, and I was there in 2011 and there was a big earthquake in Christchurch. And at the time I was in Wellington and um, it was a big earthquake and it destroyed uh, most of the city, well, the downtown anyway, quite completely. Uh, some people died, but, but not many. So, um, And the media was full of these incredible images of this downtown which had just suddenly, like in a few minutes, had been reduced, sort of flattened into this rubble. And uh, of course this is very um, impressive. And actually in Wellington where I was at the time, we've been waiting for the big earthquake for about 50 years and I grew up with this sort of tension and I noticed at that time that I was walking around and like every moment I was thinking, okay, if it happened now, okay, that chimney's gonna fall, I'll have to get under the desk, I have to watch out for that window, it's gonna smash. Um, And you're just scanning uh, the whole environment and sort of imagining it coming apart. And this is of course frightening, but actually, also, it's extremely exciting. There's something really... Um, it's a very st- strange imagination, imaginative loop to be in. And then, um, of course, there's this next phase, which is, what do you do after the earthquake? So there's all these bits of <laughs> rubble around, and somebody picks up one piece, and someone else comes over, and they have a discussion. Okay, what, what do we do? Do we build it again the way we remember? Or do we sweep all this into the sea and start building the actual city that we've always wanted or do we just walk over the hill forget this happened and and just start life somewhere else and I work table in a way is a kind of um, shortened condensed version of these of these thoughts and I think the thing I found really interesting about that was that I liked the idea that all the things that seem really unchangeable or can, can change like sometimes very suddenly and actually very naturally as well it wasn't even a human intention it was just that city finished <laughs> and a new city would be built so Adele um, as soon as I heard about the project I immediately thought how can I get myself into one of those onesies so <laughs> I find it really interesting how immediate that is like that, the sort of immediate kind of um, interests I mean I'm interested in costumes and so on but So I wondered how often you come across that quite immediate connection and and how you could explain that actually, why people get so interested.
0: Yeah, I think I'm so intrigued by that as well. Like what it is that attracts us to something, particularly fashion as well, because I feel that fashion, you know, magazines, catwalks, advertising, glossy, you know, everything seems to be glossy and things like that. And what it is that entices our t- desire to buy and wear things and I often wonder if it's actually the onesie itself that people desire or the people who are wearing <laughs> that onesie or those clothes.
1: What happens when you get sort of critical mass like what happens when you get so many people wearing the onesie because you've done it right where there are like hundreds of people all uh, onesied and um, does it because then you lose the contrast, I suppose, between sort of normal clothes and the, and the onesie itself. What what changes? What's the vibe?
0: Yeah, for me that's really exciting because it shifts like the perception of the garment. So something that might seem a bit strange or outside or the questions come about becomes the norm, so it's almost like the people in the jeans and t-shirt become the, the onesie wearer and the questions are, start to be directed to that person. Hey, why aren't you wearing a onesie? Where's yours? Where are you going? What? you know? And so it's really interesting how that coin flips.
1: Are there any groups that are a bit more resistant somehow? I don't know, do, w- w- which kind of people end up going like, oh, no, I can't do it, I can't follow it through?
0: Well, my parents actually have never done it. So they've come to a few events where there's, you know, there's been onesies up for grabs and they still refuse, and I think they're just terrified by the way they're going to look in a onesie and... And what, yeah, and I guess what other people might think of them mm.
1: it's interesting this idea that maybe I think maybe I imagine part of the fear is i won't I won't recognize myself or I won't look like me, I'll be transformed, and I also find that really interesting that some people for some people it's very exciting like the idea of like i'll be I'll be different, you know that's that's exciting, and for some people that's really worrying or or maybe something will be revealed about myself that i i don't know already or that I don't I can't control yeah. I think there's expectations that come with
0: wearing a onesie too. Like I go to a party and people are like, Can you do the worm? Come on, worm, worm, worm. You can't wear that and not do the worm. What's the
1: worm? <laughs> when you
0: when you like jump on the ground and you've oh, like yeah, gotta yeah. like I'm kinda of doing a hand motion across the table. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah and so through the clothes you wear, there's. I think there's expectations that come with that. Yeah, and then I'm going to be very exciting and very fun. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of, hey, whoa, you know, ooh, and then if you can't live up to those expect, if you can't do the worm, yeah. then it, there's some. Well, there can be some quite disappointing people around. Disappointing. Disappointed.
1: <laughs> Disappointed people. <laughs>
0: it's like oh but then you find yourself doing things you might not normally do too which is also really exciting i was really curious when i popped in there for a little sneaky peek before just the process of choosing the objects if you could talk a bit about that
1: yeah so we've collected uh, some several hundred objects um for this Melbourne edition and um what happens is I send quite a precise list uh, ahead of the things that need to be found and then in this case um, Chloe was working on it and she found the things and um yeah I try to make a big variety of um, materials and uses and sort of symbolic resonance so for me You know, there are some things like um, there's some beautiful sort of shiny high heels in there or some very business-like briefcases. Obviously, there's things like the alarm clock and so on. There's also some older technology like uh, tape, like audio cassettes and things. And I tried the big mix of memories that are associated with the objects and then really the tactile um, uh, materials. So I try to limit plastic to the minimum we can. There's a lot of wood and ceramic and natural kinds of materials there as well but there's also some things that are not human made and that's important so there's pine cones um, some seashells things that are kind of more mysterious actually in the way that they're made they're not made in factories they're not invented by humans but they still have a whole construction and and um, design in them that is to be explored so it's a lot about sort of contrast and colours and memories um, that these things might evoke
0: I mean, is there ever anything that you think, no, I can't add this to the project? And what is it that brings
1: that on for you? Uh, Yeah, the basic premise when you go shopping to collect these objects is that you should want to take it home. And you should think, oh, this we shouldn't take this apart. And then, if that's the case, then for sure it needs to go into worktable. So when I was shopping for this piece myself, it was really the things that I was most attracted to, the ones that made me curious, the ones that I liked, and that I didn't really want to ha- have destroyed. I knew that for sure; they should go into the piece. I used to do the shopping for worktable myself. I did it for the first six cities. I think this is our thirty-sixth f- city we're doing now. Um, <laughs> so there's been a lot of objects um, under the bridge but I used to do the shopping myself and I actually found it a little bit traumatic towards the end so I, this is why now I, it gets given away to other people to do um, there's something about amassing that amount of uh, objects that are beautiful and have lives and probably have future uses and sort of arresting them at this point which is the piece which is quite strong and quite strange actually so I no longer make the, build those collections myself I let someone else do it
0: Thanks for listening to this Arts House podcast. For more information and to find out what's on, visit www.artshouse.com.au.